0: Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.
1: Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is me, Joey P., Joe P. Zapia, and today we're going to take a look at the ranks of the running backs and to help me go through them scott bogman our main dude over at college football on the betting pros side and of course you know him from fancy pros and our boy the welsh who's all over the live streams on fp he holds down mlb anything with three letters basically welsh is a <laughs> master of so we're going to talk about the running back ranks of the ecr today which you can find over at fancybros.com slash rankings every single week we're going to debate some of the guys in some of the tiers tell you who we like who we don't who you should be watching So make sure you get ready for all of the goodness. Sit down, relax, because we have got you covered here. Running backs. We're going to start here, boys, with the consensus top 20. As we go through, it's actually 19 today from the A-plus tier to the B-tier. It's the usual suspects at the top. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, coming off another great game. Tougher defense this week for him against Cleveland. Then B. John Robinson, Tony Pollard, all waiting for a touchdown for him. Perhaps the Austin Eckler return against Dallas this week. Then Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, who's been doing everything right. Then you've got Ken Walker, Josh Jacobs at 8 at 9. Kyron Williams still going strong. Then you have Raheem Mostert, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Uh, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall coming off a career week last Sunday. Isaiah Pacheco has got a great matchup against Denver. DeAndre Swift against the Jets at 16. Then to close things out at 17, we've got James Cook, Alexander Madison and Brian Robinson Jr. So Scott Bogman, as you look at the top 20 RBs, all these guys are starting, but who stands out to you? Who is somebody that you feel good
2: about or bad about? Isaiah Isaiah Pacheco Pacheco. has to be the guy, Joe. I mean, Denver you
1: couldn't even wait to say it you were Dude, so excited about.
2: Denver it. has given up so many rushing yards it's unbelievable. Uh it's just you walk in and it's like a, an automatic 100 yards and a score for your running back. So I am very very excited about Isaiah Pacheco and we've seen Patrick Mahomes make some mistakes recently and put the Chiefs kind of in jeopardy in a couple games. I think if you're smart, you're on short rest here, you run the ball a ton. It doesn't really matter, I mean Denver has kind of given up already on Sean Payton. It seems at least this batch of players has. So um, Patrick Mahomes can go out there and throw a hundred touchdowns as well. I would not be uh, shocked to see him have an enormous game as well, but I think it's all right. We're short rest. Pat hasn't been playing his best football yet. Let's run the ball a bunch. We've seen Isaiah Pacheco's snap uh, percentage increase every single week. And I think this week is going to be no different. I think he runs the ball at least 20 times. I think he goes buck wild against the Broncos. I am super excited for him this week.
1: Let's not blame too much on Patty Mahomes. I mean, the drop rate of Rushy Rice and Kadarius Tony is absurd. Uh, it's but he's absurdly put the
2: up for, for grabs, Joe. He he's going a but he's lot of picks this year.
1: But he's also put the ball in people's year. hands, and yeah. it's fallen out of it way still too many Patrick times. Mahomes. I'm not making fun he's of him or anything. Patrick. He's amazing. But it might be Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey, which is also an interesting piece, too, as we're looking ahead here. He's working. He's trying to get all the therapy done. On the ankle, we'll see what happens there with that. But Pacheco hmm. on Monday on the betting pro show, I was talking about what that line's going to be, and we talked about that being the best bet. I said it was going to open at 70 and a half. Guess what? It opened at 70 and a half. So there you have it, everybody. And and Sam Hoppen was like, I don't know, that seems kind of high. I was like, I don't know if it's high enough to tell you the truth. <laughs> I want to go for it. All right, so Welsh, when you're looking at some of these guys here in the A, plus A, and B tiers, obviously everybody here is going to be starting. Everybody here is in lineups, especially with the bye weeks here. But who stands out to you on the good or bad side of things here in this group that people should be a little bit more aware of?
3: Well, one guy I think that should be higher, and I'm going to end up having uh, quite a bit higher in my ranks, is James Cook. And James Cook coming off of a bad start where he didn't get the carries and not much was happening, yet he's still averaging 4.8 yards per carry, and he's going up against one of the worst defenses to stop the run the Giants are giving up the second most rushing yards in the NFL and giving up top six in fantasy points to running backs in the NFL and you know I know Cooks has been a little bit here or there as far as what the total usage is but they're throwing the ball to him he against the Raiders which if you want to look at like similar defenses he's gone up against as far as rush goes he he got 17 carries for 122 uh, 23 yards against the Raiders over seven yards per carry he has had multiple three-plus catch games, three of his five games, he's been able to catch three or more balls. And I expect this team to be up, and I expect them to run with Cook. I'm guaranteeing a touchdown. I'm guaranteeing James Cook touchdown this week. So 17, in my mind, is too low. I think this is a surprise RB1 for the week. So Pacheco right now is at
1: 15 in the ECR, the expert consensus rankings. He's a B-plus player. James Cook at 17. He is a I agree with both of you guys. I think these two guys could finish as RB1s this week in that top 12. So let's go all wings up here for Pacheco and James Cook as we head on to look at the next grouping of tiers of running backs. Before we do, just a reminder, the NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbooks is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week and get $200 instantly in bonus bets at DraftKings and DraftKings isn't stopping there. No, no, no. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer right now every game day this October. So whether you're betting, I don't know, on the over on those Pacheco rushing yards like I was just talking about, or if you want to go for that anytime touchdown score on James Cook... You can get it all right now over at DraftKings. So get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use that promo code FANTASYPROS. When you do, that's all one word, Fantasy Pros. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code FANTASYPROS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Let's see what running backs will be ours. Let's go to the B-minus team. The teams, uh, the RBs here that uh, maybe, you know, tried really hard but fell a little bit short of the grade (laughs) this week. You know, B-minus is a little patronizing, but there's some interesting names here, guys, with expectations. Ramondre Stevenson, the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots averaging 11 points a game on offense. Let me say that again. 11 points a game. It's disturbing. Jonathan Taylor, obviously this week, we're hoping this is a second week back, a little bit more run here for Jonathan Taylor. Maybe he and Zach Moss flipped the script. We'll talk about them in a second. Rashad White from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Damian Pierce brings up the rear here in the B minus tier. I want to start with Ramondre Stevenson because I'm looking at your ranks, gentlemen. The ECR has got him at RB 20. Boggs, you've got him at 19. Welsh, you've got him at 23, a little bit lower. So Welsh, I want to start with you here because I'm more where you're at right now. This New England Patriots offense has been brutal. The idea should be get right, get Ramondre Stevenson the football a little bit more and try not to fall so far behind so quickly. But what do you think here? Do you think it's a lost cause already when it comes to Stevenson?
3: I'm open to the possibility that long term it's not going to be, but right now, I don't think I have him low enough. I don't think you can get him low. I don't think he's startable. I think he, you have to give it into a prove it time averaging 2.8 yards per carry and 13 and a half carries per game. He has one of the worst. Um yards after contact 1.79 yards after contact and it's funny Bogman and I we have some sheets we're sharing we both kind of came to the same conclusion he has a zero percent breakaway percentage through five games because he doesn't have a run over 15 yards he has been awful by game it has gotten worse Ezekiel Elliott getting more run every single week this offense can't move the ball the only problem the only little pseudo problem here. It just does seem like a team that you could get right on. You know, they could start throwing the ball. I think if you're looking at your offense and you're saying, where and how have we been so inefficient through five weeks? What do we need to change? You would look at this team and go, well, our best playmakers are Mondre Stevenson. And I know that's like, it's a very like weird narrative type of thing, but it plays. Like the same thing was said, I said, at least about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is out there screaming, I'm always open, get me the ball. It was a good defense to play against. It was a get-right situation. If there is a get-right situation in my mind with the Patriots, this is going to be one of those spots and you would give Ramondre uh his run. The problem is he just doesn't get the bulk of all of it. So I don't think he's trustable, in my fake words. I do not think he's trustable. 23, 24. I think we're actually still putting him in a spot where we're like, oh, yeah, you could start him out there. I really don't think you can. I would rather start guys in the next year we're going to talk about than Ramondre. I'd feel better about because I don't trust the workload. I don't trust what he's done on the field, and I can't start him until he does it for one week. I'm not going to keep paying for these bad performances.
1: Boggs the Raiders are going up 647 yards rushing this year it's toward the bottom third of the league basically but you know Stevenson needs to work more in the passing game too I think for him to be fantasy relevant I mean they've got so many issues right now Boggs I mean you're a little higher than ECR but you're right there so do you think that Stevenson against the Raiders is a matchup that you actually want to play this week
2: no I don't want to play Stevenson if I don't have to like well said dead last in, uh, you know, uh, yards after contact with, uh, uh you know, running backs ha- that have had at least 30 carries here, uh, zero design runs over 15 yards. One of eight players with that, that is disgusting. You know, AJ Dillon is also one of those players. And we did just see him put up 20 for 75 in a score against the Raiders, which is nice. This is, that's why I have him a spot above consensus because the Raiders are a get right spot. And if there ever was a week where you wanted to run the ball 50 times and not let your quarterback throw it, it would be this week with Mac Jones playing so terribly and being kind of blase and nonchalant. I mean, Bailey Zappi has replaced him at the end of two games. So maybe you go to Zappi quicker here. I don't know, but I think my focus if I'm the Patriots is run the football as many times as I possibly can keep my defense gassed up and try to win a game that way without having to pass much with Mac Jones at all, because he's been awful. So I only like Stevenson above ECR because of this matchup against the Raiders. He has not shown anything to make me think he is trustable as the Welsh said. Yeah. Again,
3: trustable, not a word. It's a Welsh. Yes, It's in the Urban uh, Dictionary. That's the one
2: I use. We need the Book (laughs) of
3: Welshism. That's what I'm hoping for. The Book
1: of
2: Welshism Let's talk
1: about Jonathan Taylor a second, too, because, again, you've waited weeks now to get Jonathan Taylor in your lineup. I know last week was disappointing, but it was a tough matchup, too. You had to know that things were working against you when it came to the scenario with the Tennessee Titans last week. Now, that being said, let's put that in the rearview mirror. We're getting the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Boggs. Uh, when you're taking a look here at Jonathan Taylor, you've got him at 26. ECRs at 25. The Welsh has him at 20, so he likes him a little bit more. But do you feel better about the upside of Jonathan Taylor this week and the second week in return?
2: I mean, I feel a little better. I was severely disappointed last week because I kind of thought this trip to the pup and all that stuff for Jonathan Taylor was all posturing and nonsense. And, you know, he really didn't need to be on the pup and start the year on the what IR and all that crap like I, I, and then they paid him. I was like, oh, they're definitely giving him the rock today. And they didn't at all. They babied him. So they're obviously going to be babying him again. I do think it's going to be closer to a 50-50 split with Zach Moss this week. And then I think next week we get to Jonathan Taylor carrying the majority of the workload. But I was wrong last week, so he'll probably have 35 carries this week. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not really sure what to expect, but I expect way more this week from him for sure.
1: All right, Welsh, your expectations for Jonathan Taylor this week, because everybody has been waiting for this, and I know they're disappointed last week, but I always say to people, look, you got to start your studs, Taylor's your stud, you put him out there regardless, but as you're building your lineup and putting your roster together this week, you might need a little bit more boom in your flex, like, that's one of those things you might have to think about when it comes to Jonathan Taylor, if... Indeed, those training wheels are on for another week
3: or even two potentially. Yeah, there's a couple things to this one. I, I hated the snap percentage in the first week. I don't have massive faith that it's going to have a dramatic flip, like especially it's going to flip over. I do not think it's going to flip over. Zach Moss is going to get run. I'm a little bit worried. This goes from like, what was it, 15% snap percentage to like 35% and Zach Moss is still getting the run. The problem is the Jags. They don't really give up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. You can throw the ball on them a little bit out of the backfield, which actually might be in favor of Jonathan Taylor. But I kind of view the backs this week is uh, it's a like a baseballism here. Like with the glob, there's this glob of running backs from like 18 to 32 that have different varying degrees of Jonathan Taylor, huge name. You know, that's a guy who can perform at top five if he's getting run versus like these backs in the Jaleel McLaughlin's and the Demarcado who we're going to talk about that. It's like, they're kind of fun if they get the run. I think all these guys sit in this general range and I have varying degrees of distrust in all of them. So I may have him a little bit high. I think I'm being hopeful that they are going to unleash him a little bit. I kind of feel a touchdown in play for him. I think they're going to pass the ball. I think they're going to use him in the passing game a little bit more. But I, I guess if I'm the high guy, I don't feel super confident about Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor versus Ramondre Stevenson, I think, is actually a closer debate. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here crapping on Stevenson and being like, OK, I got Taylor higher. I think those two are kind of close. I, I would play Taylor over. I Stevenson would too. i would, obviously uh,
1: just going to play the better player in the offense that
3: and look, I, I'm
1: confident in Gardner Minshew. I mean, that's another big piece of this now is that you don't have Anthony Richardson. So not having Anthony Richardson running around as much as he does. I think that also no, helps in the running back show? Come on. I love. No, I'm confident <laughs> in Minshew, but I'm confident that he is also not running the ball eight times, ten times I'm a confident
2: game. he's going to hand the, the ball off a lot.
1: I am too. I like that. And he's comfortable in the Shane Sykin offense. He's been in this offense for a couple of years now. Uh, going to the C-plus here, those are the people who would. Just a little bit more than average. That's the c plus tier. here. Uh, Zach Moss, uh, we before I mentioned that, indie backfield. Then Jerome Ford of the Cleveland Browns. Jaleel McLaughlin also mentioned, too. He'll be a very interesting one this week, depending on the Javante Williams health. Maybe McLaughlin's actually carved out a little bit of a role for himself, regardless, because he looked better than Pirine has all year. And then Saquon Barkley, the walking enigma. We'll see what comes of him this week, if he will play finally. But Jerome Ford is the guy I want to talk about here. Welsh, we'll start with you, because... Jerome Ford has a really tough matchup against your San Francisco 49ers, who look spectacular against Baltimore two weeks ago before the bye. nine for 26, not good. Then against Tennessee, another really good run defense, 10 for 18 yards, also not good. He saved his day with two touchdowns. That's really what happened. So Jerome Ford to me is one of the most dangerous players on here and not in a good way. Do you agree or disagree depending on your ranking of him? Because right now the ECR ranking is, I think, a little bit higher than it should be. And now you've got him actually lower at 29, where he's actually 25 in the ECR.
3: Yeah, and I'm guessing you agree with closer to where I am, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm terrified be- of well, this because matchup for
1: him, especially if Watson doesn't play.
3: What's, I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath. I actually bet that Niner line very, very so early in the I, week. I don't know five, where.
1: When it came yeah. out Sunday night. What is it now? was
3: Because I got it at uh, five, too. I, I, it ain't five anymore. There's no chance it's going to end under a touchdown. I'll head over
1: to my betting pros app and I'll look right now. Welsh. There you go. And
3: while while you're at it, maybe you could hit follow. You can follow the Welsh on betting pros and (laughs) see all of my 65 plus percent uh, ROI so far. Who's counting? Who's counting? counting? Yeah. um, Here's my problem with Jerome Ford. (laughs) There's a 49er problem, but also him. He's a breakaway guy. Like he will be two yards, two yards, two yards. He has to break something away to be relevant. He actually has more missed tackles on the season than James Cook and Josh Jacobs. He has a 46% breakaway percentage. That's absurd. But he has less than 50 yards rushing over the last two games combined. Go to the 49ers. They have not given up more than 55 rushing yards to teams running backs the whole season. They can be got a little bit in the passing side because they've actually given up more receiving yards to running backs in two of the five weeks so far this season. And Ford has nine targets the last two games. So all I'm saying is Ford has to have a big breakaway play. The 49ers held down Tony Pollard. Why am I going to go and have this big trust in Jerome Ford? If you are banking on a breakaway play on a Browns team that might have PJ Walker as the quarterback, I don't know what to do for you. I have no interest in Jerome Ford this week. 29 isn't low enough. He could break one away, and I'll eat my words, but he is inefficient outside of those huge breakaway plays. That is everything. He's got to break a tackle. 49ers, one of the best tackling teams. Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner, good luck. Hufunga, good luck. He's got to break a tackle, and he has to break one out in open space. You tell me where they find open space. If you have a better option... I would go with it. I don't like Jerome Ford this week. I don't either. By the way, that number's moved to minus
1: six and a half right now. It's also ninety-one percent over the San Francisco side. I don't think it's wrong. Usually, I don't. I like to fade the public. I think the public's right on this one, and this could get real ugly, as you said, if we get news that Watson isn't playing for some reason. And so far. It's been a little mystery as of this morning. So we'll continue on. Bogman, your thoughts on Ford? You're a little bit higher than him. Have uh, Welsh and I scared you straight? No. You know, why
3: do you like him so no. much? Are you your favorite
1: player? Yeah, what do you like about him so much, Bogman? I yeah. like oh, the, the Browns. You want to marry him?
2: Uh, can I talk? Uh, I like the Browns uh, are coming off a bye week here. Um, and, you know, I think teams coming off a bye week there, they have two weeks to prep for the Niners. Is it going to do them good? No, I think I would still bet the Niners minus the six and a, uh, six and a half or probably seven and a half a half, where it'll end because I'll take them at that point and then they'll win by a touchdown. Exactly what's going to happen. But uh, look, for Jerome Ford, it's, it is the breakaway potential for him. Is it going to happen? I don't know, but I know that this guy is going to get many, many shots at it. He's going to have a lot of hacks at the tree with the axe, because if it's P.J. Walker in there, then they're going to be running the ball 50 times of their 60 plays or whatever. You do not want P.J. Walker or DTR, whoever it is in there throwing yeah. the football so well i think
1: dorian thompson
2: robinson Dogs, come on uh, i like dtr he ain't ready Me and he do. definitely ain't ready for no, if Dak ready. prescott is not ready for the niners how is dtr going to be ready for them not, how is Deshaun watson going to be ready for him look at look at welsh's eyes he loves all this positive Niners time yeah, i know
3: I, I mean i love it i didn't Niner know i didn't know you were such a jerome ford guy too yeah. i didn't i didn't realize you love the Browns. It, it's
2: not it's not that i'm a jerome ford guy it's that every other matchup for running backs this week sucks i do not like it um, Uh, A lot of them are questionable or coming off of weird performances or like even Miles Sanders. is like he does not look right. So I think Jerome Ford's going to have 20 carries. I think he breaks one. Maybe he gets in the end zone. That's why I like him. I hate the matchups this week. They're not good.
1: Yeah. And look, it is a weird week because you have the buys. You have Connor and HN who have gone to the IR. You've got Herbert uh, Khalil Herbert out. You've got a lot of guys missing. Too. So you're down to a lot of question marks. And speaking of question marks, let's get to the C tier. Miles Sanders, as you mentioned, is leading this C tier. Then you have Amari DiMarcado from the Arizona Cardinals, who is going to be uh, getting an opportunity, we think. Now Keontae Ingram could work into that mix, too. More on that in a second. Gus Edwards, Tyler Algier, who really, at this point, is not very exciting. P Ryan another one to me, not exciting. I think that uh, Jaleel McLaughlin showed you enough that he should be getting the secondary work, if not the first work, depending on how Javante Williams is. Roshan Johnson, we're still waiting about that concussion protocol. As of recording this, he is still in that protocol, so we have to wait and see with him. If not, it'll go to Foreman. We'll talk about him in just a moment. And then Justice Hill closes out that C tier. So let's start with demarcado Boggs. I'm going to start with you on this one because Demarcado is a player that, uh, again, I I'll always like to talk to the college guy because he can give us some insights on the player. I know Debra watched some film on him uh, on Sunday night and he was pretty impressed with what he was able to offer on the college level. And do you think that uh, the Arizona Cardinals are going to do a little bit of evaluation here? Because this is a-, a-, a franchise that should be evaluating the young players on its roster because if they have something with demarcado here, it saves them draft capital next year. So do you think he gets the run of this backfield?
2: I mean, maybe Uh, I'm not super excited about him. Uh, I I watched him in college, but Kendra Miller was obviously the big pull at TCU. That offensive line was very, very good. Max Duggan and Quentin Johnston were amazing. So DeMarcado was kind of a guy, just a guy here. And I kind of feel Mm -hmm. like that's how he is for Arizona as well. I think Keontae Ingram is a better between the tackles runner than Amari DeMarcado is, but I think you're right, Joe. I think they are evaluating and that's where they are. So I do think DeMarcado gets at least 50% of these carries. I know that Corey Clement could get involved here as well. He has familiarity uh, with this offense, so um, they picked him back up. Ingram should hopefully be back. We'll see. Uh, But I'm just, I have him at 30. I think he's fine, but he is a jag. He is just a guy, and I'm not very excited about him at all. All right.
1: Perhaps you are Welsh a little bit more excited about what DeMarcado could do in this game today.
3: I don't know if I'm I'm not going to be the one that's like he's going to get 25 plus touches and I'm not going to go nuts. Um, I'm worried. That's also picked up Tony Jones. I mean, (laughs) as stupid as it is, I think Tony Jones is a guy that comes in and gets five to eight carries, takes away red zone from him. I think what you saw out of DeMarcado this past week is about the usage we're going to get here. I'm not saying he isn't the most explosive player well, that here. Well,
1: usage was 10 rushes for 45. He had
3: three targets caught one and he did have the touchdown. So it was I think uh, it's 12 yeah. to 15 touches max and they're going to use these other guys. Dobbs will run more. He didn't run against the Bengals. I think Tony Jones steals a touchdown away if they were av- ever to possibly be there. I think he lives between 35 and 25 at RB this week. I think he belongs with Jerome Ford. I think he belongs in that same general area. Ford might get a little bit more volume actually.
1: Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about Rougette. Performance anxiety can happen to everyone, even the pros. Conquer performance anxiety with Rougette Ready, the latest advancement in erectile dysfunction. By combining the active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis with a porphamine and dopamine, promoter Rougette Ready gives your brain and your body the pump up you deserve so you can give your partner the love they deserve without the added anxiety created by pharmacists approved by doctors and trusted by over 75,000 men nationwide and loved by you and your partner no in-person visit needed rujet ready is now available in your state exclusively at RougetMen.com, Use that promo code FANTASYPROSE for $40 off your first month plus free shipping. And if you'd rather call them, Customer service is available six days a week at eight five 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 eight one nine six two zero. 581 9620 Again, 855 581 9620 Or you can head to Rougetmen.com. That's R-U-G-I-E-T-men.com and use that promo code FantasyPros for $40 off at Rougetmen.com. And now back to the action. All right. Where would Roshan Johnson belong to? Because as we start to get to the C minus tier we have Deontay Foreman at the top of that. So I know Roshan's the guy we've been waiting for. I'm going to save Mr. Texas there for a moment to talk about Roshan, but uh, Deontay Foreman could be lined up for as Bogman. So eloquently put it before the guy who's just hacking at the tree with the axe. That was kind of Foreman's MO previously in his last stop. So if Foreman does have that clear path forward here, as we get to this next tier Welsh, is he somebody that you're intrigued in starting if there's no Roshan and no Khalil Herbert?
3: Yes. if uh, right, So right now I have Roshan a little bit higher. I like what Roshan can do out of the backfield as far as catching the ball. And I think that's something that they're going to have to do a little bit more. You know, surprisingly with the Vikings, Vikings are averaging 86 yards rushing from running backs per game. But four of the five games, only 62 because they gave up 220 against the Eagles. So one game really took out what they look like as a run defense. So I actually think this is going to be done with the running backs in the passing game a bit. And Roshan is a solid piece in that, except if Deontay Foreman, if they're both active, I think they eat into each other. And I will bring Roshan down a little tiny, tiny bit, but I'll have him right around RB2 range. If Roshan is out and it's only Deontay Foreman, this might sound crazy. I'm going to move him up probably to an RB2 because he's better in pass protection. They're going to be able to throw the ball to him. I don't think he'll I'm get not really worried it. about the runs in general, but he'll get mm-hmm. all the work. All That's the it. point. He'll get all the work. He'll be trusted out there on third downs for that pass protection If they're both active, I think Roshan is the early down back. I think Deontay is going to be the third down back who might catch the ball a little bit. Maybe Roshan gets that touchdown if they get in short, but they eat into each other both there. If it's only Foreman, he's an RB2. I'd rather start him over Jerome Ford, DeMarcado, all these guys we've talked about. I think he'll sit probably right between 23 and 25 for me. Now, Boggs, you are nodding your head in
1: agreement there with Welsh, obviously, so you see that scenario the same way. What is the scenario, in your opinion, though, if say they're both active, let's say they're both active. Then what do you do with them? If you've
2: got one of them or both of them on your roster, how do you proceed? If they're both active, then you sit Foreman and you start Roshan. That That's what I would okay. do because Foreman yeah. has been inactive this year. They clearly don't like him nearly as much as they like Roshan and Roshan. Roshan is a guy that should be a better pro than he was a player in college because he had Bijan in front of him. Guy only had 93 rush attempts last year. He was 11th in PFF run grade, 30th in yards per route run, which is uh, one of my favorite stats for uh, receiving. And third in the PFF elusive rating, Bijan was seventh. So uh, Roshan is a very good runner. He's a closer. He's a power runner. He'll run guys over, but he can run around them as well. So I would love to see him get the full run here. Even if he is active, though, I don't expect him to get the full run because he's coming off the concussion, but he will get way more hacks at it than Deontay Foreman. But if if he is down, I'm going to put Foreman up over Jerome Ford and stuff like that, because he's going to have 20 carries at least against a much worse defense, although it is better like the welsh mentioned the minnesota uh, run d looks bad because that came against philly mainly but their secondary is really bad too you don't really no, no. You, you, you can pick your poison against the vikings or bad <sighs> defense.
1: minnesota's got a lot of issues right they now do. not having jefferson too it's going to really hurt them so it's going to be fascinating to see what they look like and also keep an eye on this this is why you have my playbook this is why you stay on top of everything going on so you have the latest news for all of your teams this running back situation is going to be moving all of like Liquid here in the next few days. So make sure you download my playbook, yeah. go to com slash my playbook. Download all of the my playbook tool apps there that you possibly can and make sure you're using all the tools you can in order to stay on top of all of the news for your team. So sync all your teams to my playbook. Let's get to uh, the rest of the C- tier. So after Deontay Foreman, who again, we're waiting on Roshan News, then you have Tajay Spears, Ezekiel Elliott, Chuba Hubbard, and Zach Charbonnet, all these guys kind of, Working in, but nobody really standing out. So that becomes a very difficult tier in the D plus tier. Then we go to Kenneth Gainwell and Jameer Gibbs. Now Gibbs was inactive last week. Boggs, should he be active this week? Is he somebody that you want to start considering that David Montgomery has looked so good in this backfield?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to start him, but he's, you know, like I said, this week is kind of weak. The W.E.E.K. is W.E.A.K. So mm-hmm. uh, I I can see it happening. He's such a good weapon. You know, I was just going through his stats from last year at uh, Alabama. He was so good. I don't know why they don't get him more involved. But Montgomery looks like a Hall of Fame running back behind this line. So it's, uh, you know, they have so many weapons here that he's not a guy I'm looking to start if I can avoid it.
1: Where are you at, Welsh, when it comes to Jameer Gibbs, too? This is a tough one because you love the talent. But it is now October, so you're wanting to see some progress. It's hard to have progress when you're not on the field. So do you think Gibbs is one of these interesting maybe by lows as well? Because as the season goes on, there's more
3: opportunity for him. And what do you think about this week? Should he be active? Is he somebody you could start? I I think it's tough on both sides. I'm trying to find what is the path that makes Gibbs, I don't want to belabor this, but like, what's the path that Mm. makes Gibbs this great by low right now? They spread the ball around. They've got a bunch of pass. I'll tell you, I think it's an Amon Ross St. Brown bigger injury. That's what okay, I think but, it is. Okay. I should have preface it without an injury. What's the path? Because there is, you've got a bunch of receivers that can play short. They were playing Jamison Williams short. Josh Reynolds can play short. Amon am Ross St. Brown. Dave Montgomery is the clear running back. You do not want less than 20 carries. So what is the path where he can be that RB one that a lot of people, not me, but a lot of other people were paying for. I don't see it. I don't see it. So I struggle with if he needs to make his game in the passing side. Okay. But how? Amon Ross, Saint Brown, Sam Laporta, greatest tight end on the planet. Y- you have way too many receiving options. I don't see where Gibbs can get seven, eight targets out of the backfield every single week. I don't see where he can get twelve to fifteen carries every single week. You're getting back into this glob. He belongs on a glob to me. The only—I don't think the the Bucks aren't a really great team to run against, where both running backs can thrive. Maybe you can pass because they gave up the seventeen targets to Kamara uh, in Week Four and fifteen catches. So maybe Gibbs can get involved there. But I think at best it's a flex RB3 type of thing. And I think he sits in this world with the Jerome Fords and he sits in with Demar That's a really weird space to be in. I'm not crazy with him.
1: Yeah, I think it's the emergence of Sam Laporte is the thing that's really kind of stunted in the most because I think everyone was excited about him, but nobody thought he was going to be that good that quickly, and he mm-hmm. has been. So it's that abdomen injury to Amon Ra that if he's not right or if he should miss any more time, I know he's supposed to play this week. We'll see. We'll see as the injuries there's unfold There's a couple here.
3: backs, just to yeah. point out, lastly. Mm-hmm. There are a couple backs. It's okay to be like this because everyone's like, this guy's the worst. This guy's the best. There are a couple backs that, like, they just belong on your bench. Yeah. Ramondre or Ramondre belongs on your bench. Gibbs probably belongs on your bench. If you have no other options, okay, that's fine. There are guys Do not that you just can- If you have options, if you have options, it's okay to bench some guys and be like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now with these players. Cause that's why we're having these big questions with them, with Ramondre, with, uh, maybe not Jerome Ford so much, but like Gibbs, Ramondre and Gibbs specifically, I think those guys are comfortable benches. If you have options. All right, let's go to the D
1: tier here next. Jarek McKinnon of Kansas City. Then you have Antonio Gibson of Washington, Cam Akers in Minnesota. Uh, we'll see if Cam Akers gets more work. So far, that's kind of been a uh, non-starter issue. Uh, and then Antonio Gibson, Welsh. Look, I mean, this is a guy last week had zero rushing attempts against the Chicago Bears, but he did have six targets, caught four of them for 64 yards, eight half PPR points. So in your opinion, is Antonio Gibson somebody in a deeper league with all of these, you know, bye weeks you have going on all the injuries. Is he somebody to throw a flyer out there as a flex play? Maybe
3: if you, if you are dealing with injuries and, and, uh, and a bye week issue, maybe, but in half PPR, he hasn't reached double digit points. He's the 15th most targeted running back, which is solid, but he's an atrocious runner. It's all done. Like I'm talking about Gibbs, He is going to have to do a lot of it out of the passing game and a little bit out of the running game. Gibson has to do everything out of the passing game. He's Jarek McKinnon in a worse offense. That's the thing. Jarek McKinnon's with the Chiefs. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Gibson is on an average team with Sam Hallett quarterback, which I know is fine, blah blah blah. But he's on a worse team. He's Jarek McKinnon on the Commanders. And what would what would you think about Jarek McKinnon on the Commanders? You probably wouldn't like it that much. No, I don't like Antonio Gibson that much.
1: All right, Jekyll and Howell, as you like to call him, Scott Bogman, uh, Antonio Gibson. Is that a piece that is even startable this week in some of these scenarios where people are really hurting at this RV position? Look,
2: I've got a lot of experience working in the D tier. All right. And Antonio Gibson <laughs> is not one you want to take home. OK, uh, look, he, he is one hundred and seven out of one hundred and eight in PFF run grade. Uh, he gets targets, and that is it. Eric Bienemi talked him up this offseason, mm. said he's going to be a of nightmare, and it just has not worked out. It hasn't happened for him yet. You know, I do like the fact that, you know, like we talked about, he's getting some hacks at it. 15th most uh, running back targets in the league so far, fifth most receiving snaps among running backs. So he's out there, he's on the field, he's trying, but he's just not getting the results yet. I think eventually he'll come around but I'm not going to be starting him until he does. Even with bye weeks and injuries, this is not a guy I want to play.
1: All right, let's run through the rest of the D minus and F tier. Matt Breida starts us off there with the D minus tier, then Kendra Miller, Latavius Murray of the Buffalo Bills, then Joshua Kelly, who, if Eckler is back, should be mostly irrelevant, if not completely. Tank Bigsby and Dalvin Cook, who is absolutely irrelevant as well. Matt Breida is the one guy here to discuss here, Boggs, real quick. Uh, look, I understand there's people who are waiting on Saquon again. They've been trying to make this Matt Breida thing work. It has been ugly. It has been terrible. Last week, nine carries for 21 yards. He had one target for three. I know the Buffalo defense is hurting. It's missing a lot of pieces. But to me, Matt Breida is one of these guys you just can't start. Do you agree?
2: Yeah. I mean, Matt Breida this week is the worst. Is He's the... Cripple version of Jerome Ford. I mean, uh, Jerome Ford going up a really tough defense. You can have Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, most likely for the giants here, even against a bad bills defense. It doesn't matter. This dude is not a good running back. Eric gray moved ahead of him on the depth chart last week. I'd rather roll with him.
1: He's bad. Same thing for you. Welsh Brita, just because he might get the run doesn't mean he should be starting on your team.
3: You'd have to Rochambeau me to try to start. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Let's go. Enough said on that one. Let's play a little game of who would you rather start here? Miles Sanders at Miami or Amari DiMarcado uh, of the Arizona Cardinals at the Rams? Well, who would you rather start this week?
3: Uh, actually, I actually think this one can be kind of tough. I'm playing my narrative again that when you have good players that you don't use a whole bunch of and you're in bigger matchups and you need to rebound, what do you do? You get the best. Uh, players the ball in their hands and that's miles sanders he had eight total potential touches one target only seven carries. he's banged up which i'm very worried about Mm -hmm. but i do think you can pass the ball with him again he had had no less than three catches in every single game prior to this i think they'll be playing from behind i think joe Joe albert's gonna put a little bit into this but i told you before i don't think DeMarcado is going to get volume so i'm gonna go with miles sanders on this one
1: all right, well, Sanders is hurt. They've got a bye coming up next week, and they should be behind in this game, though. That's the problem here against yeah, exactly. Miami, you would think. So, Boggs, these guys are back-to-back here in ECR, 26 and 27, respectively. I'm throwing the against the wall and seeing what Demarcado gives me. What do you think? Nah, no, nope. still Sanders? Yeah,
2: it's still okay. Miles Sanders for me. I, look, Demarcado maybe he gets to run here for, for the Cardinals, and that's fine. I think it's going to be a bigger mix, and I think DeMarcado's is just a guy. So I'm not impressed with him, you know, Uh, Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but give me, I know Miles Sanders is good. So if he's a little more healthy this week, he should be much better than DeMarcado. So give me Miles.
1: All right. One more. Would you rather for the boys here? Deonta Foreman uh, versus Minnesota or Tajay Spears of Tennessee against Baltimore Boggs. Who would you rather start this week?
2: Uh, Give me Foreman. Uh, Spears is fine. He's getting mixed in. And I do like some of the play designs. They had the nice reverse for a touchdown with him. I do think he's a very good running back. But I think even if Roshan plays, Foreman is going to get a decent amount of run. And he can run downhill, especially if the Minnesota defense is tired late. He can be a closer. So I do like Foreman this week. Welsh? I'm going to go with Foreman. I mean, I told you if he's the sole guy, I think he
3: can be an RB2. I think even if Roshan is out there, I think Foreman is going to be in pass protection, which is going to give some receiving opportunities, which he is probably going to be the best thing for the Vikings. And we've seen him do before. Three, four catches eight to ten runs i'm fine with that tajay spears does look pretty explosive but it's just hard for me to fall into that bandwagon when derrick henry's there i know they keep doing it in the snap percentages and stuff but every week i'm like why are they not doing like 28 carries for derrick henry anymore i'll go with foreman with this opportunity out there against the vikings wide receivers
1: Let's kick things off here with the cream of the crop. Who's going to be missing Justin Jefferson for the next few weeks. Gross, terrible, very sad. No good. Makes me want to eat a lot more carbs in depression. That's what it makes me want to do. But Tyreek Kill at the top A plus along with Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, and Devontae Adams, all A pluses this week in the rankings. Then you have A.J. Brown against the Jets. Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, Puka Nakua, Brandon Ayuk, D.J. Moore, who has been fantastic the last two weeks. Uh, After D.J. Moore, Jalen Waddle, who bounced back last week with a touchdown, back and healthy. He's also an A receiver this week. Chris Olave is an A, so is D.K. Metcalf, Devonta Smith starts that A- tier with Calvin Ridley, Michael Pittman Jr., Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper starts our B-plus tier. Then you have at 21, Christian Kirk and Adam Thielen at 22. So from A-plus to B-plus, 22 players who all should absolutely be in your lineups. The Welsh, let's start with you here. Who stands out for better or worse to you in this group of must-starts at wide receiver?
3: Well, I don't wanna to fall too much into like just the last two weeks, but DJ Moore, I know I feel like there's always these laydown standpoints of like, oh, we're gonna have uh, you know, a guy that gets two hundred yards and then is gonna come back down. But like I look at DJ Moore up against this Vikings team. And I just don't know how he's not gonna go off again. Outside of Justin Fields completely falling apart. The Vikings are giving up the third most fantasy points uh in the NFL to wide receivers. Top five in yards given up as well, over a 1,006 receiving touchdowns. DJ Moore is somebody that I've got inside my top 10. What did you say he was? 10 on the list here? Yes. Does that Uh, sound right?
1: Just just, uh, to Welsh's point here, the last two weeks he scored 76 full PPR points in the
3: last two weeks. He was wide receiver
1: five and wide receiver two last week. That's pretty good, Welsh last time. It's I
3: absur- it's an absurd number. Uh I've got him inside the top 10. That's my guy. I totally <clears> didn't realize I just stole this from Bogman. We love him so much. Uh I could give you my guy. Would you
2: like my player that you could talk no, about? No, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You want okay. to find crumbs, another player. Well, well, I wish you, you would have talk about your player. That would have been nice. Uh but but you talk about my guy here. Uh I didn't realize I was talking about your guy. I was just looking. I was like, "My god, DJ I'm not Moore. your guy, buddy." Outside the top buddy
3: 10, guy. well, I'm your friend, pal, so <laughs> I'm DJ Morris as well, him being outside the top 10 right now, the only reason behind it has got to be the fear that that, te- that defense or that offense completely falls apart, but this is against the Vikings, and yeah. they're going to be throwing the ball, and he's going to get massive volume.
2: Well, so. it's the Vikings who are terrible, and you also have problems at the running back position for the Bears this week <laughs> yeah. with uh, potentially two guys down, so uh, just the volume is going to be insanely high for him. Let me ask you this, Welsh. How about would you rather go with D.J. Moore against this Vikings defense or would you rather go with A.J. Brown, but maybe getting sauced this week against the Jets?
3: I have them next to each other right now. I move A.J. Brown. I have A.J. Brown, but that might move once we get to game time. I move Brown all the way down to eight. And I think on the consensus, where is he right now? He is seven. I kind of want to move DJ more above. Just, you know what? I'm doing it right now. Just doing to doing show right you guys
2: live. who, whose guy it is. I had DJ Moore ahead of AJ Brown this whole time. So Aww, no big, so big deal. Just to let you guys look know. at you. You Every win. Time. Yes. Winner. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I think that A.J. Brown could
1: still be successful against Sauce Gardner. Elite sure. wide receivers are elite for a reason. Just, you know, and, and Sauce is not taking anything away from Sauce. He's tremendous But in just job. throw it but to
2: Devontae or Dallas Goddard. You right. know, you, you have know, other options in Felix. Other
1: options there, whereas DJ Moore is clearly the guy. And as Bogdan mentioned, too, the uncertainty with the running back situation, which we covered on the running back version of this show. On YouTube, you can go check out all the tiers over on our YouTube channel on that one. We had big discussions about Roshan and Johnson, big discussions about Deontay Foreman. So check that out as well as more news continues to develop. So, Boggs, was there anybody else you wanted to highlight real quick before the uh, DJ Moore got stolen away from you?
3: You want to guess who my other guy was? Uh, It's not all about you.
1: I don't understand why you're going back to you again. Wasn't Brandon. Wow. okay.
2: wasn't a Niner. Michael Pittman.
3: Just want to throw it. It was Michael Pittman with with Gardner Minshew. It was Michael Pittman. But
2: go ahead. No, I mean that DJ Moore was a guy I wanted to talk about okay. here. I mean, all right. the rest of them, you know, look—they're all guys that you start. You start all of these course. guys. Let's
1: take a quick break in the action. We talk a lot about what makes winners on this show, and there's one thing all teams, coaches, and players have in common, and that's preparation. Planning is the key for everyday life, too, and a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight when flown. By one of their providers. That's right, you'd pay nothing. You can become a member of Air Med Network for just ninety-nine dollars per year. And right now, our listeners get up to an eighty dollar MasterCard or Amazon e gift card when they join and use that offer code fantasy pros. That's fantasy pros one word, no spaces. Fantasy pros. Make financial peace of mind, part of your game plan. Visit AirMedCareNetwork.com network.com forward slash fantasy pros. That's AirMedCareNetwork.com network.com forward slash fantasy pros today. And now back to the action. Let's talk about the guys in the B-tier here. Marquise Hollywood-Brown coming off another good game here uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Then Chris Godwin coming off a bye. A little bit more usage as the Mike Evans health has been a little bit more questionable. Recently, Nico Collins, Zay Flowers needs to hold on to the football. Come on, Zay. You're my boy. Don't disappoint. Uncle Joe, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, and Jordan Addison. I think the guy we have to start with. Is definitely Jordan Addison, because this is a player now where expectations are going to be much higher. This is an opportunity for a guy with high draft stock to start to show whether or not he was truly worth it. Is he ready at this stage in his career to be an alpha dog and step into the shoes, even though they're very large, of Justin Jefferson? Scott Bogman, we'll start with you on this one. Your thoughts on Jordan Addison going into week six here with this void of target share being offered to him. Is he ready to take it over and can he be more than he's been so far
3: in 2023
2: how the turntables welsh now i get (laughs) about your guy jordan this
3: would have been my guy by the way i just want to point out this would have been the player i would have talked about
2: Wait,
1: you just created a Welshism. You mean how the tables have turned, not the oh, turned tables. Jokes. You're yeah, not it's a from DJ. the office,
2: Joe. Uh, on. I,
1: don't, I only recognize the BBC office with Rookie oh, Jurface.
2: Uh, all no, the all okay. offices are not. The worst important. one? Okay. Yeah. There you go. And I can feel the hatred in the YouTube comments. I, can <laughs> I bring just, it. I don't care. I need I the don't translations care. for the English. I need the subtitles to hear what the, be able to tell what they're saying.
3: I mean, Ooh, you want I the metric stuff. system, too? You yeah, want to do that? Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Guess you just don't like freedom, huh, Joe? Jordan Addison is a. 27 centimeters below Calvin. Ridley this week, <laughs> <mean>. <laughs> uh, look, Jordan Addison is ready to step up. And not only is Jordan, Adi- Jordan Addison ready to step up, Jordison, um, <laughs> KJ Osborne is not. KJ Osborne has not looked good so far this year. I've watched a lot of Vikings football for whatever reason, uh, this season, and I've seen KJ Osborne run the wrong route, uh, step out of bounds on a play, drop balls. He's just not been very good. Addison is ready to step up into stardom. This is a award winner coming out of college at USC. He made Kenny Pickett a lot of money, obviously. He is a very, very good wide receiver. He is always open, and he's going to be the next big thing here in this offense because they are going to not slow down the pass. They should give the ball more to Alexander Madison and Cam Akers and run the ball more. They're not going to do it. O'Connell wants to pass the ball 50 times a game. They're going to stay in that range. It's what they do. Probably going to keep getting blown out. Kirk Cousins is either going to get traded or hurt before the end of the season because he keeps getting hit but they are not going to stop passing the football. It is what this offense is designed to do. So Addison is going to see a ton of targets.
1: Welsh it's a good matchup against the bears. Uh, He's coming off a season high of nine targets. He caught six of them for 64 yards. uh, His second highest yardage total of the year. Also his third touchdown. So he's had a nose for the end zone. That's been the thing that's kind of kept Addison ready. So are you where Bogman is in terms of your high expectations for Addison to produce this week against the
3: bears? Yeah, I'm probably higher. Uh, again, I would have picked him into the top 20 tier had he been in there because I haven't met 15 this week. The Bears 10th most fantasy points given up to wide receivers, sixth most, receive, most receiving yards, even though he had that dud in there. Addison did He's 18 targets over his last three games. And this is one of my my most favorite here that uh, or Well, there's two parts to it. So Addison has been working similar to Jefferson, because I think a lot's been made about how KJ Osborne plays more out of the slot. Jefferson was 68% out wide, 31% slot. And we've seen Addison work 75% wide, 24% slot. So I think he can just jump right, even though I know they're saying that Osborne will go into the Jefferson role, Addison can play that. But this was my favorite one. Passer rating when targeted. A 120 passer rating goes to Kirk Cousins when he targets Addison. Want to know what that is with K.J. Osborne? 12. 66. (laughs) Half. 66 passer rating Kirk Cousins has when targeting (laughs) K.J. Osborne. uh, Or, yeah, K.J. Osborne. I love Jordan Addison. I got him. I'm trying to get him to a wide receiver one right now, but I've got him at 15, way inside the top 20. He is a, a favorite of mine, and I'm waiting for the props to drop because I'm going to unload on him.
1: I have to say in this grouping of this B tier where he's at, I think you can make a case for him to be at the very top of it for sure. uh, Without a doubt this week, especially against the bears, moving on to the B minus tier here, Deandre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, Jacoby Myers of the Las Vegas Raiders, then Gabe Davis of Buffalo and Jerry Judy of the defunct Denver Broncos. I want to highlight Jacoby Myers for a moment. And the reason is he's had three of the four games he's played this year. Obviously had that concussion. He missed week two against Buffalo, but Welsh, he has had double digit targets In three of the four games he's played, the only one he didn't was against the Chargers in week four. Last week, he had 21. That's the O'Connell game. Yeah, look, and exactly. And and that's the O'Connell game. Great point by Bachman there. So I'm not looking for revenge narratives here or anything like that because the New England Patriots are coming into now. I'm looking for fantasy points. And I'm looking at Jacoby Myers, who's already got three touchdowns this year, which I'm pretty sure is more than he had his entire career as a New England Patriot (laughs) because they just refused to use him as much as they should have. But this feels like a matchup against the Pat who have completely, you know, they've lost Judon. They don't have the pass rush. They have lost all the corners there for the most part. The defensive backfield has been an absolute, just obliterated mess in terms of injuries. Myers feels like a really good start this week. Do you agree, Welsh? And do you think maybe the ECR has him too low potentially as wide receiver 29?
3: I was just about to say, what was that number again? He's at 29 right now, which
1: again, (laughs) starting, he's starting, but I feel like he is more of a, mid to high wide receiver two this week in terms of PPR, whereas they're telling him, well, he's more of a wide receiver three. I just don't see him like that this week. Okay,
3: yeah. How you're saying, like, there's two different ways that we're being said. I think he's safe. I I love the revenge game narrative, whatever anybody else says about that stuff. I'm all about that. I think Garoppolo is going to get him those targets. Three of the four games he's played in, he's had double digit targets. It was only the one against the Chargers where he had four. Otherwise, it's been 10, 10 and 12. I think you're going to get another eight to 10 targets. I think you're going to get six to eight catches, but the guy doesn't blow out the yards and he has had sandwich touchdowns one this week, two in the very first week. I think you're looking at like six catches, 75 yards touchdown is on the table. I think he's safe. So, I think he's higher than the 29, but I don't think he's this exceptionally awesome guy that I have to, oh my gosh, we have to start Jacoby Myers. I just don't think the upside exists in there. Now, if they are moving the ball and they're able to get into the red zone, I do think he's going to get targets. That's what I think is exciting about that. I think this pace of this game could also get slowed down because the offense of the Patriots is not great, and I think they, there might just be a lot of running, and that might please the piece out of the passing. Game. Nobody
2: wants to watch this game. Nobody please wants be. to watch it, but that's
3: a lot of Patriots games are. They're not watchable. <laughs> yeah. So I just don't know if the Especially volume for Patriot fans like me and Erickson. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be brutal for you. You got to enjoy yeah. fantasy because you can't right. enjoy your normal football. but had a twenty-year run. It was okay. Yeah. yeah I, think I think he is, is right. a twenty-four to twenty-eight type of guy. So I think he should be a little bit higher. He's very, very safe. I just don't think there's insane upside here. 675 and a score would make sense.
1: Boggs, I think there's more upside than people realize with Myers. Do you agree with Welsh or do you agree with me?
2: Um, I, I, so I think I agree with Welsh here. I, I and the reason I I'm say sorry, that, that's the wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm off the show now guys. <laughs> bye. Uh, no, I, I think that, um, this is the wide receivers this week are the opposite of the running backs. We just, you know, recorded the running back show and we were talking about how it's just not very trustable. There's not a lot of guys that you want to start out of the running back pool this week with bye weeks and injuries and stuff like that. I think it's completely the opposite on the wide receiver side. I feel like it is depthy with wide receivers this week. I think you can trust a lot of guys down to like wide receiver 40 here. So I think there's just a big group of wide receivers that are very startable. I think you're going to see a lot of flex spots play out of the wide receivers this week, instead of the running backs because the running backs are banged up and hurt and gross. And these are all sexy wide receivers. We want to see catch the ball. And I think Jacoby Myers fits into that group perfectly. I mean, Uh, you said his, uh, ECR is what this week again, Joe 29, wide receiver 29 29 is where he is. So 29, I mean, I have him a little bit lower than that because, you know, I have like Zay flowers and Adam Thielen look good. And Nico Collins, like there's just a bunch of guys in this group that I feel like if you put them against Myers, you say, all right, I mean, Myers is fine, but do I really want him that much more than I want? Lockett or DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think so. I think he fits in that group. I think there's a lot of upside with him, of course, but I also think this is an ugly game. That's going to see a lot. Joel,
3: of. What do you think that like, what is that upside? Can you, like, you know how it was
1: like 675? Well, like, like the Patriots the offense
3: number? is so bad that Detroit, excuse me,
1: the, um, the, the Patriots Patriots defense is so bad. The Patriots offense is so bad that I feel like, and this is why I bet them so hard uh, last week. I was, I teased up that new Orleans saints number last week. I talked about it on betting pros where I moved it to, three and a half because it was practically a pick. And I was like, oh, this is comfortable three and a half. I mean, I should have gone to 30. I could have gone there. Now it was going to be the same kind of blowout. But I see the Patriots being bottomed out here. It just physically bottomed out. I think preparation wise, uh, you watch them play. I think they've just kind of they're starting to quit. And that's not something a get- you see right often.
2: game against the Raiders. It could be.
1: You know what, but again, if people say, well, it's at home, New Orleans is a good defense, but you should be competitive. They weren't even competitive in that game. And I'm looking here in Vegas and the Raiders are coming off a big Monday night football victory. Maybe they shouldn't have had it, but they did. And I think that the Raiders are going to go out there and I'm going to think they're going to put up points and I don't think they're going to take their foot off the gas on the Patriots either. I don't think McDaniels will. I don't think Garoppolo will. And I don't think Myers will or Adam. So what do you think so is like I think eight
3: catches, 120 in a score? I think is he's that got the upside you're... to be a
1: top 20 guy this week, if not break that okay. top 20. All right. That's where go. I think he is. And and again, he's starting anyway, as you all said, he's safe, but not I to spend too much too, time on but Myers. but I
2: think there's a lot of guys like that this week at wide receiver. You know what, but I
1: look at that grouping there and, you know, look, Gabe Davis has great games and then bust games, you know, Jerry Judy. Like, I feel way better about Jacoby Myers than I do. And sure. frankly, you know, Hopkins Watching Ryan Tannehill play quarterback last week, he looked like he was throwing slow pitch softball out there. He looked, he had okay, but nothing you put him in the, the group
2: ahead of this, Joe. Like, with, I put
1: him in the group ahead of this. I but, think he's but, in that B tier, not B, Sure, that's and all. that's
2: fine. But it, then in that group, you know, it, him and Wilson, okay, him and Zay Flowers, I think I want Zay, him and Nico, I think I want Nico, you know what I mean? I want, so, I
1: want Myers over Wilson. I mean, okay. I have. Uh, zero faith <laughs> sorry sorry jet fans just can't get there uh a, a great win and i won money on it last week i had the jets on the money line let's go uh by the way download the betting pros app have some fun with us go follow welsh on there too he's crushing it uh and check out bogman's college football show see i did all the plugs at one what time that for you yeah let's go to the c plus tier Cortland sutton uh drake london michael thomas and tutu atwell so cooper cup came back uh, he did get a pretty close to Cooper Cup workload. Uh, you Pukudokua uh, lovers out there like me, he was still very good. Tutu Atwell was the guy, though, that kind of fell off a little bit. Now, he had the touchdown that saved his day, but without that touchdown, he would have had three PPR points. Yes, so that would have been a bad look for Tutu Atwell starting. So he did save the day. The matchup is good against Arizona. But Welsh, I'm looking at Tutu Atwell, and I feel like this is a ranking that almost feels like it's living in the past and not what the Rams offense is going to be moving forward. He was certainly useful for a time, but do you think he's useful in week six? I don't.
3: I I really don't. Especially when I look at the names that are around it, the names that are behind him. Just the want to find him. And like, we'll get Josh. to that in a
1: second. Yeah, yeah.
3: It won't ruin them. Okay, but like literally, the next three names that are under him on the consensus ranks, I would rather have over Tutu Atwell. I just i've I've made excuses why I thought Puka Nakua could continue to be the guy because they're going to um they're going to litter targets on both sides of the ball, but there can't be three. There's not going to be three. You're going to get cut having between 12 and 15 targets a game. If that goes to Nakua getting somewhere between 8 and 10 or 8 and 12, plus Higby being involved, throwing out of the backfield, they like to do the countering. What all can they do? And it, Tutu just had to be the guy that was going to lose the most value because he was looking really good. He was looking like a great um, a great pickup. Oh, but hey, he's Welsh, he was averaging eight and a half, actually almost nine targets a game up until last yeah. week. The only way that Tutu Atwell makes this worthwhile is beating the expectation of anybody actually starting him. There's no way you're going to go in and be like, "Oh yeah, there's guys guy that's going to get like nine targets and blah, blah." No, he's probably between three and five targets the touchdown, we wouldn't even be talking about him if he had not scored a touchdown mm-hmm. here. Yes, it's a great matchup with the Cardinals. Yes, they could be up by 30, and then he's going to be the guy that's going to come in. You get Cooper Cup off the field. But no, I'm not going to take the third wide receiver on a team where you can guarantee 25 targets to two wide receivers every single game. There are much better options with much higher upside. I don't want to be like, he's not good. He He's fine, but he's not a top 45 wide receiver.
1: Tutu Atwell right now is looking like, you know, wide receiver 39. I'm looking at the ECR right now. Again, oh. that's that fringe flex play kind of area. But Boggs, I don't even know if it's that. Like, I am very concerned about Cup and Puka Nakua just being so good that Tutu really just kind of falls by the wayside. Are you?
2: Yeah. And the the there is, I guess, a little silver lining for Tutu. The fact that he wasn't taken off the field. Is nice. You know, he had 89% snap share last sure. week, a uh, 40-routes run, was at, which is actually the second most routes he's run in a game so far this season. But Welch just said it all. I mean, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are so good. You have to get them in the football. Tutu is an afterthought in this offense. He's at best the fourth option behind those two wide receivers and Kyron. I put Higby ahead of him him in the passing game as well. So he goes down as the fifth option, the fifth really read or look on most plays. So he's just not going to be viable unless there's an injury or unless he just has a crazy matchup and he's wide open every single time. So he'll have a couple of those games this year moving forward. But if everybody's healthy, Puka, Puka is just too low on the totem pole to to get real looks and targets and catches so it's he's like gonna, sky more he's gonna be so independent like you mean that's two, what two, 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 not puka is gonna be yeah yeah my bad yeah uh no. tutu yeah i mean he um don't ever uh, confuse
1: yeah. your tutus two and your pukas you don't i do try that. not that's a bad to thing. you know you can get in you, trouble. in a bad so, situation you on get a bad rash you do that yeah mm-hmm. it's no yeah. good you're not a rash you do that
3: but you know tutu is kind of like uh like a sky a sky more where it's like oh you get three or four targets maybe get a touchdown but there are target monster where mahomes <laughs> turns like four other players into one big target monster the rams are your kelsey is cup your other four uh chiefs players are puka and then it's like okay you're gonna get three or four targets maybe you hit it but skyline well, it, it feels should like the eagles the same spot.
1: offense to me a little bit like you know it's smith and it's brown like that's it yeah that's what it is yeah you, exactly. know? And, you know you get a little goddard in there once in a while <laughs> but other than that like you know that's kind of what it is right now uh the c tier here some interesting names joshua palmer rushy rice Tyler Boyd, then Elijah Moore, Josh Downs, who I know a lot of people are excited about, uh, K.J. Osborne, Tank Dell, Jahan Dotson, and Josh Reynolds. Now, Boggs, we'll start with you on this one because I know a lot of people did go to the waiver wire and picked up K.J. Osborne this week. So it is a good matchup in theory against the Bears. Where do you have him in your ranks compared to the ECR right now? Because I know the ECR, uh, when you're looking at uh, K.J. Osborne, is, is in that lower range. It's wide receiver 44. So do you have him as somebody that you can start and as a flex potentially this week because of the matchup or are you just out because of some of the numbers you talked about earlier in that conversation about Addison?
2: I have him so much higher. I'm at 42. So yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, not very high on KG Osborne and it's look, Sure, he's going to have higher volume or whatever, but he's 83 out of 85 wide receivers in PFF receiving grade. He's 77 out of 85 in yards per route run, which once again, I said, is one of my favorite metrics that kind of blends everything together for a receiving option. He's terrible in that, and he has zero missed tackles forced this season. So when he gets the ball in his hands, he is tackled right there where he has stopped because he's making absolutely nobody miss. He's just not uh, playing his best football right now. I don't know if there's, you know, I think he's better than this. I think he can be better than this, but he isn't. So the only, um, the only positive trending in his direction right now is the fact that he's filling in for Jefferson. He's getting those looks, which is first look for cousins on reads a lot. But like well said, Jordan Addison is not going to be contained by KJ Osborne. He's going to, swiftly become the number one wide receiver in this offense with uh, George, Justin Jefferson down. And we're going to see him become the guy and Osborne become really the third option. Cause TJ Hawkinson is going to be higher. And I think they're going to throw the ball to the running backs a little bit more. So I think Osborne, yeah, maybe this week, next week, he's uh, you know, seven, eight targets, something like that. But after that, they're just going to realize there's way better options on this team than him. And he's just not playing good football right now. That yeah, makes sense to me. Welsh,
1: um, again, you sort of echo those same sentiments there from Bogman.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm I would rather him than Tutu Atwell, and I have him higher than Tutu Atwell. I, mean, that so I, I agree with. Three and spots. yet you yeah. look at
1: the East. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at the ECR, it's it's more than three spots. It's much more. So yeah, it's like seven that's spot really difference. With two, one, oh, with two, 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 three, four, five, six, seven spots here between them. So that is a big, vast cavern where I would say, yeah, give me the shot of KJ Osborne against the Bears over Tutu Tutu Atwell, who's now been. I hate to say it, but phased out Welsh.
3: Yeah, and like, I don't love KJ. I told you, 66% quarterback rating when Kirk Cousins looked at, looks to him. But if you don't count the Carolina game, Kirk Cousins has had at least 44 pass attempts in all, all four or five games. So outside of Carolina, four or five games, he's had 44 plus pass attempts. KJ Osborne had nine last. He's going to play in the slot the coverage might be different for some of these wide receivers now that you're not double covering and looking at Justin Jefferson the whole time. And that might open up some opportunities. If Osborne is playing out of the slot for him to get targets, I think he's just capped. I think it's like he could get eight targets. He could catch six balls, but I think it's like 60 yards. I think the big plays are going to be out of Addison rather him than two, Atwell. I have him a tiny bit higher, but he's a flex play at best.
2: KJ Osborne or, is cap. cap.
3: According
1: he, to Welsh. Yeah, he's cap.
3: cap. There He'll you cap. go. Uh, that's no cap, everybody.
1: Uh, so mm-hmm. see, I'm, I'm in there with the kids. I know what's happening. Ooh, I'm cool. You're raising them up, buddy. Him. Right. <laughs> uh, also Josh Downs in this group, more on him later in the show. We're going to get to Josh Downs because I know that's another big hot button guy this week. We're going to talk about him in the, would you rather segment? So make sure you stay along with us for that. Uh, moving on to this next grouping into C minus Robert Woods, then Curtis Samuel, Amon Ross St. Brown. Trending towards playing this week, things seem to be going in the right direction. Michael Wilson has been a splash player here for the Arizona Cardinals. Then Wondell Robinson, Rashid Shahid. who are kind of like waiting for Shahid to really show. He's been like a fantasy darling in the community, but hasn't really paid dividends yet. DJ Shark. And then at the end of C- and beginning of D+, plus, you have two rookie wide receivers who were drafted in the first round coming out of the bye, where typically you see these guys who are rookies start to get it a little bit more. You have Jackson Smithing, Jigba, the last guy at C- and then at the D-plus tier, you have Quentin Johnston. Now, Boggs, you're Mr. College Football, so I'm going to start with you on this one, too. JSN, Quentin Johnston. Certainly, would you would think that Quentin Johnston might have a bigger target share opportunity with the injury to Mike Williams this season. Is this the moment where you start to see that from QJ in this week here with the Chargers coming against that Dallas Cowboy defense that's been reeling lately, Or do you think Jackson Smith and Jigba could be that guy here starting to get more acclimated into his offense? Or is it both or neither?
2: Neither for me. Uh, And it's it's really
1: depressing answer. I was hoping (laughs) you wouldn't say that. It's Also
2: the true answer. I mean, look, in Seattle, you have uh, Walker, you have Charbonnet, you have Metcalf, you have Lockett. That Mm -hmm. is the first four up. JSN is fifth and they've been designing plays for him, but they're all short passes. He's 82nd out of 85 wide receivers in a dot Rondell Moore, Wondell Robinson, Kadarius, Tony are the three guys with a lower a dot than him at JSN. And, you know, uh, he, which means he's good in yak. They're designing these plays behind the line of scrimmage for him. And he gets some yards, uh, after the catch, which is great. But I don't think that there's enough – there's not enough footballs to go around to make JSN a viable option. I think maybe in L.A. there will be because they tend to pass the ball a little bit more. Uh, But I think Josh Palmer has a leg up over Quentin Johnston right now. And Quentin Johnston has dropped some footballs. Uh, as well and just has these guys aren't playing their best football they are way better than what we've seen and at some point we will see the breakout Joe you make a great point they're both coming off a bye let's design a couple more plays let's get some stuff involved maybe one of them break through but I think they're both just the fourth to fifth option on their teams right now so unless an injury happens it seems like they're just a little buried in terms of pecking order so I'm just not excited about them
1: Bogman threw a bunch of cold water on the expectations and the hope that JSN and QJ could come out of this buy as a little bit more useful in their respective offenses. Welsh, if you had to put your money on one of those two guys to be effective in the next few weeks, or even let's say this week in week six, which of the two is it?
3: All right. So this is tough because I think the more talented player is Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I think long term, he's the guy that I really like. Same. I just think it's so hard for him to break through as like a big uh, top wide receiver when you have D.K. Metcalf and you have Tyler Lockett on that team. Plus, you have a pretty good running game in Ken Walker. And I think Zach Charbonnet might be a flex option to play this week. So. I'm going to go with Quentin Johnston because he did fit the best mold of that Mike Williams role where you can then move these guys around. You can get Josh Palmer back into his original spot. Keenan Allen's going. There's a lot of mouths to feed there as well. I guess I'm going to go with him because I can see the path where he can be the number two wide receiver on that team. I don't see that path in Seattle changing. I actually think Jackson Smith and Jigba could be very reminiscent of like the Jamison Williams times we saw last year where. You know, it could be four catches, but it breaks for a 100 and a score like he can break a big play. I think Quinton Johnson could be a player we see six to eight targets per week in the red zone. They try to throw him up for him as they're spreading the ball around. So I actually would go with Quinton Johnston in more of the short term that they get him involved. But the long term dynasty perspective, I would rather have Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's fascinating
1: that JSN and QJ are ahead of Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup in that D plus tier. Like, I would think that the Dallas guys coming off that bad loss against the Chargers this week. Yeah, you would think that those guys would be higher in the rankings, but right now they're not. Uh, Kendrick Bourne and Sky Moore finish out the D-plus tier. And then the D-tier here, you have Marvin Mims, uh, Darnell Mooney, Devontae Parker, Darius Slayton, Jonathan Mingo, and T Higgins, who is trending probably not towards playing either. Mims is another interesting one here, too, because this is another rookie where I think all of us are pounding the table for something to change here with the Denver Broncos. When he's gotten some opportunities, Mims has looked good. The problem is, well, he's not getting a lot of opportunities, he's not getting nearly enough. I know we're all holding out hope that maybe, you know, hey, Jerry Judy could get traded here at the deadline in a few weeks. Maybe that opens a path. But in week six, is Mims a guy that
3: is startable for you in any fashion or he's just not on the field enough? Nope. I can't. How could you do it? Like I I might rather tutu out. Well, I mean, I won't because the Denver Broncos are so bad, and they can just get back on offense because teams need two plays to score a touchdown, and they get back out there. But in all of that, Marvin Mims has twelve targets on the year, not in a game (laughs) on the year. Alvin. Alvin Kamara had more catches in Week Four than Marvin Mims has targets on the season. We know he's explosive. Russell stinks. This team stinks. You got Judy. They've got Sutton. I don't see where that's going to change, and they're not going to change a quarterback. I just don't trust any of it. Why would I bet on the third wide receiver who has is averaging two and a half targets per game as anything? I would start. I'd rather KJ Osborne. I'd rather Tutu Atwill. I'd rather fifty other players than him. If Marvin Mims does break out and they make the change, awesome. Why would you go week in and week out trying to predict when that's going to happen? Play it after the fact. If you think it's coming, pick him up, put him on your bench. There's no reason I'm talking about starting Marvin Mims right now outside of, hey, it was cool, kick, return, touchdown. I don't care. Hey, Denver Broncos stink. You can't do it. Well, I mean, in the essence of trying to get something to
1: happen here, I mean, Russell Wilson is QB8, so he might be struggling in real life and in fantasy. He's putting up points. Boggs. You know, with the lackluster Denver Broncos 2023 season here going uh, (laughs) horribly wrong and they play Kansas City in the short week, do you try to throw something different out there and gives Mims a little bit more action potentially and try to shake things up?
2: I think he should. He's first in uh, yards per reception among wide receivers with at least 10 targets. He's sixth (laughs) in yak per reception. He's first in yards per route run among wide receivers with 10 targets. He's second in a dot six in passer rating when targeted. He is awesome. Let's only give him 12 routes though. I mean, I, he's not going (laughs) to run. Sean Payton doesn't like him. If you're a good player, Sean Payton wants you on the bench apparently and not playing. So, um, I think he's better than any wide receiver on the Broncos right now. And I'm a Cortland Sutton guy. I love Cortland Sutton. Mims is better than him. He's better, uh, right now than Jerry Judy as well. He's not as complete. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and throw a block. So I understand why he's not on the field as much. Um, he is inexperienced, but you got to get this guy on the field. He's an explosive playmaker. Design—you shouldn't be second in a dot. Design a screenplay for him. Run a reverse with him. Uh, put him in the backfield. Do something with this guy to spark this offense because it is lackluster. They're living on big plays. They're getting big plays, but then those guys are taken immediately off the field, and it's back to the slow pace crap. So, two hundred and forty-six
3: receiving yards. One hundred and forty six of those on three receptions from Marvin yes, Mims, his three longest Big receptions. Place. It's crazy. He should be more involved, but he's not.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's go to a little. Would you rather I'm going to take two wide receivers that are very close to each other? And uh, I'm going to change this up on you a little bit. I promise some Josh Downs stuff. So we've got we are going to hit Josh Downs here. Josh Downs against Jacksonville. Or do you want to play Rushy Rice against the Denver Broncos this week, Boggs? Who would you rather?
2: Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, Give me Rasheed Rice. I think it's more likely for him to get into the end zone, although I do really like what Josh Downs has been doing. But he is third still in terms of snap percentage among wide receivers for the Colts. It's still Pittman, Pierce, and then Downs. Gardner Minshew has shown that he likes uh, Josh Downs a lot but I think Rasheed Rice even though smaller snap percentage probably fewer targets also but more likely to get in the end zone because they're drawing up a bunch of plays and the Chiefs are going to spend a lot of time in the red zone on Thursday
1: <laughs> well shout out for you Rice or Downs I know Downs is a very trendy pick this week
3: Yeah, well, then I guess I'm trendy because I'm going to go with Josh Downs. 21 targets over the last three games. I like Rasheed Rice. I think he's a good touchdown option. I think he's a red zone touchdown option for Patrick Mahomes at all times. I'm actually higher on him this week, but I like Josh Downs. I like this matchup. I like them to be throwing the ball. Hopefully play action can be set up a little bit more with both Moss and Taylor out there. There's not a back that's going to come in that changes play action. And like you said, Gardner Minshew likes him. He's going to be slanging it. The targets are there. He caught all six of his targets last week. Give me Josh Downs. All right, let's go a little deeper here. Wandell Robinson against the Buffalo Bills, who are depleted on defense
1: and probably playing from behind. Or Rashid Shaheed against the Houston Texans.
3: Well, who would you rather play? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, pass? And No, ca- you can't pass. No, you can't. You got to pick one. I want to say, like, maybe Wandel and like Freddie uh, PR for the receptions. You. I'll go with Wandel uh, as well. Yeah, I think I'll go with Wandel. I mean, I think they stink, the whole team stinks. Rashid uh, Shahid is fine, but it's another big play. I'm not. Uh, some people are, sh- are into the guy that can go fifth, big play options. This guy, one play, he can go for sixty and whatnot. Maybe I'm just a little bit more boring. So I want. I'll rather take the volume of the receptions. Like I just don't think Shahid is going to be involved enough that it's going to get me super excited that he's going to have that opportunity. Same thing with Mims. I'd rather take the guy like Wandell, short passes because the Gi- the Giants can't throw deep. They're going to just throw a little short dink and dunks. If Saquon is active, I think that makes the offense a little bit more explosive and defenses have to spread out so I guess I will go with Wanda I don't like either one of these though
1: all right Boggs I know you might not like either one but you got to yeah, pick one Wanda suck.
3: Robinson or Shaheed.
2: yeah I don't want either one of them uh, Shaheed is the my guy I would take look I'd rather bank on a 50-yard touchdown from Rashid Shahid because I think he's more likely to get that than Wanda Robinson is to have 10 targets which is what he would need To get that touchdown, you know, in 50 yards worth. So Tyrod Taylor might be the quarterback for the Giants as well. It's just ugly uh, for the Giants right now. I'm not going to touch any part of that offense, including Saquon. I don't want I I have to start Saquon in some spots if he's going to play, but I don't want to. It's going to be tent men in the box. They can't throw mm-hmm. the football down the field. They get no Mississippi's for the quarterback to throw the football. Daniel Jones is going to get murdered by the end of the season, but at least he'll get, you know, they're going to be loading him up on a gurney. And Brian Dable is going to be screaming at him as he goes into uh, the, the ambulance. It, it is just Gosh, absurd. There'll be a golden
3: gurney though of dollar Giants. bills. They'll put That's him on right. all the twenties yeah. that he's
2: made. That's wow, right. Yeah. He'll, yeah, he'll go to the grave rich uh, after he gets killed by this offensive <laughs> line here. But uh, it's yeah, it's not been good. It's not zero been good trust for the in the Giants at all. I would rather take that deep hit on Rashid Shaheed, but you know what? Start Marvin Mims over both of them.
1: Okay, there you go. Uh, You also have that who should I start tool in my playbook, everybody, if you need some extra help there. So download my playbook, go to fancybros.com slash my playbook, or just download the app, use the who should I start tool, try to figure out where the experts are and where you want to make your decisions. There's also decisions to be made when it comes to flexing players too. So I'm gonna throw a couple names at you guys. Pick one, you don't have to give me too much of a reason because we've already talked about a lot of these guys here. Tyler Algier. Josh Downs or Gus Edwards. You got one spot, Bogman. Who's starting? Give it to me one more time.
2: Tyler Algier,
1: Josh Downs and Gus Edwards.
2: Give me the Gus bus. Justice Hill fumbled last week. I think he's in the doghouse a little bit. It's still going to be close to a split, but I think it's more on uh, the uh, Gus bus side. So give me Gus Edwards.
3: I'm going to go Gus bus too.
1: Okay, let's go to KJ Osborne, Jahan Dotson. Or Justice Hill, the aforementioned Welsh? Who would you rather start between Can those three? Can you
3: imagine starting Jahan Dotson? <laughs> Can you imagine? No, absolutely not. I'll go with K.J. Osborne simply for the volume of what I mentioned before. Lots of balls being thrown. You might see Kirk Cousins early on try to pepper Osborne a little bit. Half PPR, you'll still get those points. There's no chance I would start Jahan Dotson until Sam Howell actually looks his way. I don't even know who the other person <laughs> so you said depressing. was. Justice Hill. Nope, no thanks. K.J. Osborne. All right,
2: Boggs. I mean, Dotson is so much better than ever. Oh, I know, a break. but the problem is
3: give me a break. it's not talent.
2: It's Osborne, wide receiver though, 63 Osborne right now. Wants to start because he's <laughs> oh, okay. going to be the number one this week, and they throw the ball 50 right. times. Jekyll and Howell. You have no idea Howell. what you're getting from Sam no, Howell. Howell. no, you do know what you're getting from Sam Howell. Nothing to Jahan Dotson. It might you know that yeah, for I a you th- yeah, just because you said that, it's going to be 10 targets for him. Good, good. Then I started it up. <laughs> Rev it up. Fire
1: it up. <laughs> there you go. We started it all here. Don't forget. Make sure you drop a comment below. We love to hear from you here. Subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel and ring that bell till it goes ding. And again, use my playbook to make sure you get all of the best possible guys into your lineup. Sync all your teams and all your leagues today. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for
0: Welsh and Bogman. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast follow us on x instagram and tiktok at fantasy pros and subscribe to our youtube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros 6 p.m. book an exclusive reservation with resi global dining access right because the american express platinum card offers access to the centurion lounge must see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with terms apply